Good morning. I'm Stephen Stansel. I'll be reading our Advent reading for today. Uh, peace. The first people God told about Jesus' birth were the shepherds. He used a spectacular mass of angels to shout from the skies that Jesus had come. But the angels were not alone in proclaiming the good news that night, and the shepherds were not the only people to learn of the rescuers coming. That same night, God placed a special star in the sky, a bright body of light that announced the birth of the king. Some men in a faraway country saw this star. These men were called magi. They were educated men who studied the skies and nature. Most scholars believe these men came from Persia or modern-day Iran. There was something very special about these men. Throughout the Bible, God promised to send a rescuer to save the Israelites from their sins. But these magi were not Israelites. They were Gentiles. That means they were not from Abraham's family, and they likely did not know or worship God. But that night, God did something that no one expected. By placing that star in the sky, God showed unbelievable mercy toward all people. In showing the Magi that Jesus, the King of Heaven, had been born, God was extending salvation to people of all nations. When the Magi saw the special star that God had placed in the sky, they left their home country to find Jesus. Their journey took a long time. They did not arrive in Bethlehem the night Jesus was born. And in fact, it may have taken up to two years to reach the place where Jesus was. The Bible tells us that when the Magi found the place where Jesus was living with Mary and Joseph, they entered the house, they bowed down, and they worshipped this small child who had come to save sinners. They then gave Jesus precious, costly gifts. Throughout the Advent story, we see that God is generous. He sent a company of angels to shout the good news of Jesus' birth to the shepherds, and he put a special star in the sky to guide men from a faraway country to Jesus. He desires that all people know, love, trust, and obey him. And God promises that one day men, women, and children from every tribe, tongue, and nation will worship Jesus. God will rescue people from all over the world, and we will worship him as he deserves. Our waiting is almost over. In these last days of Advent, we stand on the threshold of Christmas. Salvation is at hand. Peace with God at last is here. Not through the efforts of humankind, but through the arrival of God in the form of a child. Creation has longed for this day since our first sin. As we have waited, we have experienced the presence of the one for whom we wait. God's presence brings peace. There we go. Good morning, Refuge Church. We are... Lighten up the candle here as we get started. Uh, I want to ask, I would say, how are we doing this morning? But instead, uh, as you just heard, um, sorry, let me introduce myself. I'm Paul Dacus. Uh, some of you call me PJ, one of the pastors uh, here at Refuge. Uh, if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, we are on week three of our uh, peace, or excuse me, our Advent, and we are going through peace today. But the question that I wanted to ask you all today, instead of how are we doing, I do want to ask, are you at peace this morning? And I want you to think about that question. Are you at peace this morning? And what do I mean by that? Well, today we're going to go through a lot of P words. Who are, who are my note takers in here? I know, I know my sister. We've got a few. So I'm going to ask that you put away notes today, and you can have your Bibles out, but today I just want to uh, pour into y'all and just want the words of God to just wash over you this morning. We're going to do a couple things uh, a little bit differently than a normal uh, sermon. Um, first thing I want us to do is I want us to all breathe in, and when we breathe out, we say peace. Do that with me. Ready? Breathe in. 
And say out, peace. Breathe in. Say out, peace. Some of us are freaked out. It's going to get weirder. I promise you it's going to get weirder than that. Um, Hey, so here's what we're going to walk through. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of P words today. Uh, if, you, if you don't want to take notes, maybe you can keep track of how many of those there are. But uh, we are going to look at when peace was prophesied. So there's two of them. When peace was prophesied and when peace arrived, the Prince of Peace arrived, and then how do we experience God's peace today? So those are the things we're going to go through. But the, the thing that we cannot walk away from today without it, we have to, we can't just think about peace. We can't just know about peace, right? We have to experience this in our hearts. Like if we just know about it, it doesn't do, it, do us much good. That's a good starting spot, but we have to feel it, right? We have to know this in our hearts, the peace of God. So what I want us to do today, you probably notice Ashley's still up here. It's not just to make me sound more spiritual, I promise. Uh, we are going to, I'm going to lead us in a uh, prayer this morning. And I want us to th- just think about what are those things right now this morning that you don't have peace about? What are those things that you come in? Does anybody come in here with any kind of anxieties this morning? So I want you to think about what are those things that you haven't brought to God yet? And I'm going to ask you to just bring that to God this morning. So before we start anything, I want you to think about that. So uh, what I'm going to do, who's here, who here has heard me preach before? A lot of, a lot of blank faces. So it's, I, first of all, I need to... I, apologize to some of you uh, who have heard me because it's been brought to my attention that uh, one of my weaknesses in preaching, on the, on the positive side, it could be that I have a soothing voice, but that's not how it was presented to me. Uh, boring or put me to sleep. Like maybe, you know, God's word is good and, you know, the message was all right, but man, I just, I fall asleep when I hear you. So uh, the Bible says to lean into our weaknesses, that his power is made perfect in our weakness. So today I'm going to lead you in some relaxation and some prayer. <laughs> we'll see if you're awake by the end of it, but, um, so I, I joke, but we are, we're going to just be in prayer for just a few minutes. And if this is the only time this Christmas season that you just get a couple of minutes uh, just to Think about those things, and they don't belong in our hearts. They belong at the feet of Jesus. So this is just between you and God, not between you and the person next to you. Don't think about what's happened this past week, what's coming up the next week. Don't think about the, the person you're left or right. This is just between you and God. What is that thing? And I want you to lay it at his feet this morning. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read. Uh, there are over 700 verses in the Bible about peace, and I'm going to read Every single, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to read just a few of them this morning. And so if you don't have anything to pray this morning, if things are just good, I want you just to listen to these words. These are not my words. These are the words of God uh, surrounding peace. Um, so if you will, bow your heads. We bow our heads just in a simple reverence for God. If you close your eyes, we do this just to limit distractions. We're not a distraction to ourselves or to others. Again, what is that thing that you need to bring to God this morning? It belongs at the feet of Jesus. It is not something that you have to bear. Quiet our hearts this morning. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You keep him in perfect peace 
whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Hear that this morning. He cares for you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Give it to God this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Listen to this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, I ask for this morning, Lord, just all these things that we bring individually, Lord, we give them to you this morning. Thank you that you are faithful to give us peace. God, you know what we need. You know what each one of us needs before we even pray it. God, prepare our hearts this morning as we hear what your peace is. Shift our minds to be focused on you and not the worries, not the anxieties, not the fears. Help us to stay focused on you and see truth amongst all the distractions that we see you and we see truth. Bless our time this morning, Lord. I pray this in your son's name. Amen. Can we thank Ashley for staying up here? (laughs) All right. If your neighbor is asleep, wake him up. Wake him up. Um, All right. So, Isaiah 9, 6. So, we talked about how uh, prophecy, the prophecy of peace, right? So, Isaiah 9, 6. Six. Isaiah 9 was written somewhere between 700 and 800 years before Christ was born. So I want us to, uh, to think of that But when we read this. And you're going to hear a lot of scriptures today that you've probably heard around the Christmas season. I just ask again, put away all notes, all, everything else. Just hear this in a different way this morning. It's still the same, same truths, um, but we tend to just look over it sometimes. I'm behind. There we go. Isaiah 9, 6. For for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So here we have this prophecy of peace that's coming. Again, 700 to 800 years before Christ was born. Then in Luke... Uh, 2, 8 through 14, it says, And in the same region there were the shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, do you know the next part? Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swallowing cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he has pleased. So we have the prophecy of the event, right? So the prophecy of peace and now peace has arrived. So the Prince of Peace 
is here. And he came to give us a perfect peace, the perfect peace with God, right? So it was prophesied, he came, so now we have the answer. And this is something that uh, we've talked about in students. Um, that I, I want to take a quick aside. How awesome is it to be alive when we have a full view of the Bible, right? So 700 to 800 years, they were looking forward. We have this whole Bible that is full of the beginning and the end. So uh, how are we saved today? This is not a trick question. How are we saved today? Christ, yeah. So if you uh, confess with your mouth that, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So we, here being in the New Testament, look back to Jesus, this Prince of Peace who was born. So what about the Old Testament? So Old Testament is beginning of the world to Jesus. Where, how were they saved in the Old Testament? Same way. It's a common misconception that it's the law, but it's actually they were looking forward to the coming Prince of Peace. So they believe in the same Jesus. So while they were looking forward, we were looking back, but we have this whole view of Scripture. So remember that. So we're going to talk uh, more about that. So this, this what is really the who of Jesus. It's the Prince of Peace has arrived. So we're all looking back. So while we look back and rely on that, they were looking for a coming Savior who is now here. So this prophecy, the birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, all of this was to what? Bring us peace with God. Shalom, as it says in the Old Testament. The New Testament word, erene, means have wholeness, to be complete. That's what he came for. So what is God's peace and what is the world's peace? So you know, maybe when we say, when the first thing, if it wasn't in church, when you'd say, uh, when, you're, when you'd hear peace, you might think of like a hippie or something, right? Peace. I mean, we are going to talk about, you know, that kind of peace. We're actually going to talk about coexisting, which you would see on the back of probably someone who'd have a peace sign, you know, the coexist sticker. Um, we'll also talk about getting stoned, but that's in a different type of getting uh, stoned. So uh, don't, get, don't get too excited. But what is the world's peace and what is God's peace? So what are some things that we rely on like, to give us peace today? Like just worldly things. What are some things that give you, uh, give you peace? Money, security, what else? Hmm? Prayer? Yeah, some simple things like food on the table, like just knowing where the next, where next meal is going, uh, a house. Uh, I asked the students, uh, grades, that was a big one, the stress. Uh, exams are coming up, right? I know some of you are less stressed because you don't have to take them. Um, so you having having these having good grades that gives you some gives you some peace. I can have the good grades to get to the good college to go to you know get the good job have that peace. Uh, one I thought of there's just so dumb uh, that I used to, uh, and maybe you guys, uh, maybe some of the guys specifically, uh, sports teams. You guys ever have like if your sports team's doing well, you have this sort of peace. That just me. All right, I'll, I'll step down. I guess that was it. You can ask my wife, man. There was times where I'm not at peace, because, and I, I have some bad teams that I, that I root for, so that was just a lot of, lot of conflict. But uh, yeah, what about the relationships? You know, relationships with other people. Like if, if uh, you know, for high schoolers, I mean, and y'all remember this, or not even high school, but you know, that the boyfriend, the girlfriend, like if things aren't right with them, like every, nothing else matters, right? Like, but if things are good, then I have peace, right? 
marriage, having a solid marriage, all those things. So these things are all good things, right? Things to be thankful for. Like we should be thankful that we do uh, know where our next meal is coming from, that we do have a roof over our head, uh, that we do have money. But we want to look at what is God's peace compared to these things. So in John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let, your, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So you notice he says, my peace. So it's a difference. And he says, not as the world gives do I give to you. So it's a different sort of peace that God gives, right? So what is that peace? So all these things that we talked about, what do you do when that relationship breaks? What do you do when the police go away and they're not there for you? What do you do when that relationship breaks apart? What do you do when you are facing a loved one that's about to die? In my case, um, I practice this without crying. In my case, it was, what do you do when You've been through multiple miscarriages. What do you do when you think, okay, I'm a, I need to be a father. We are, we, we're married. We need to be parents now. We want this, and God's not giving that to you. And then what do you do when, you, when your child is born, and you, you have this baby, so God has given this to you, but then they say, there's something wrong with your child, and the world cannot give you peace. Well, well, what's what's wrong? Like, we don't know. Your child is the only one in the whole world who has this that we know about right now. Well, you're the doctor. Like, give me give me something. I I can't give you that answer. What do you do when all of that breaks down? For us, it was it was scripture, and even scripture. We I mean we didn't even think this. Scripture doesn't even talk about this issue that we thought of. But when we looked, at the, we looked at our baby and we had our pastors with us, the verses that came, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Fearfully and wonderfully made is this child from Psalm 139. So it wasn't what the world could tell us. They didn't have answers. The world didn't have answers for me. But God's word has answers. I don't know what's going to happen with my child. I don't know how... Uh, he's going to be raised. How, how, what, what are the issues that we're going to face? I don't know, but I do know that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God knew my son, and he was fearfully and wonderfully made. That's his peace that he can give. Without answers from the world, he can give this peace. So what's different about that? That's a, that's a peace that cannot be taken away, right? Everything else in this world can be taken away, but God's peace cannot be taken away. And can we all agree, thank God that it is not based on circumstance, that his peace is not based on circumstance, because all these things will fail. John 16, says, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Can we say amen to that? And can we say thank God for that? So the takeaway, God's peace cannot be taken away. So we've already talked about what is 
God's peace. What's the difference between God's peace and the, and the world's peace? So we have the what, which is really the who, you know, the prince of peace, uh, but now the how. So I told you there's going to be a lot of uh, P words today. So here's the first one is Paul's practical pathway to perfect peace. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I cannot wait. Not a single one of you said that. Turn to your neighbor and say, I cannot wait. Just say it. I don't, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. Just kidding. To learn about Paul's practical pathway to perfect peace. Now turn to them again and say, I'm sorry for probably spitting on you. <laughs> Paul's practical pathway to perfect peace. Now, you probably know this is not my practical pathway. This is, this is Paul from the Bible. So the rest of our time, we're going to be in Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 7. So this is Paul from the Bible, his pa- practical pathway to perfect peace. Peter Piper picked a peck. Yeah, you can yeah, figure it out. So the background to this, this verse, is Paul is writing this uh, from prison uh, to the church, uh, the, the uh, Philippian church, and this is a church that is in a lot of conflict. So there is not a lot of peace within this church right now. So here's what's going on. So again, Paul is in prison when he's writing this, so they're already worried about Paul. That would be like, imagine if us four elders were all suddenly in jail there might be a little bit of conflict in the church, right? Maybe not, hopefully, I mean, but it'd be a little, you know, it'd be a little concerning, right? So Paul's in church, or excuse me, Paul's in uh, prison. Uh, there are two women of the, uh, of the faith, of the church, strong women of the, of the church that are uh, in conflict right now, and it is dividing the, the Philippian church. So they're, they're divided because of this quarreling that's going on uh, between two very uh, powerful women in the church, uh, and then they've, because they are um, concerned about Paul, they've sent a messenger to Paul, uh, Epaphroditus, and he has fallen sick and almost dies on his way. So uh, one of the titans of the faith is in prison. They're divided because of a, uh, an argument, and the messenger that they've sent to Paul has fallen ill and has almost died. So you think there might be a little bit of conflict and anxiety in this church, right? Just a little bit. So we, we see this, and what does Paul say to this church that's in conflict? Here's what he says. Philippians 4, 7, rejoice in the Lord always. I know you've heard this. So again, listen to this and try, try to just focus on this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Say rejoice with me. Rejoice. Let your, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Uh, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So good. So good. What is, so the first thing that he tells us to do is what? What's the first thing? Rejoice. So rejoice in what? In the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. So we don't rejoice in the sickness, or we don't rejoice in the sin, right? But we rejoice in what? In the Lord. So that's, that's something we'll come, we'll come back to. So the first thing, rejoice in the Lord uh, always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
Why do you think he says this? I think he's saying this because it is very difficult for worry, for your worries and worship to coexist. So it's, it's difficult for your worries, not impossible, but difficult for your worries and worship to coexist. Because if you are rejoicing in the Lord, it's a lot harder to be worried about something. Am I right? It's still there. The, the, the circumstances are still there. But when you're rejoicing in the Lord, that's something that cannot be taken away. That's something that doesn't change, right? This, this circumstance might not go away. This, this thing I'm going through might not go away right now, but I rejoice in the Lord because he loves me and he cares for me. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Next he says, do not be anxious about anything. Notice he said, it doesn't like, oh, there's some things you should be anxious about, right? It's do not be anxious about anything. Have you ever talked to somebody and you brought your problems to them, and they say, you're like, you got all these worries and anxieties or fears, and, and they just say, well, don't worry about it. Like, don't, don't worry. Well, you, you saying that to me, like, you telling me not to worry, that doesn't make it any better, right? Like, just because you tell me not to worry or not to be anxious, it doesn't make it better, right? So if we left it there, and this is why people say, like, oh, you'd be a, a bad uh, counselor. It's like, well, you're worried, just don't, or you're anxious, don't be anxious, Right? It doesn't leave us there. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but why? So here's the action. So listen to this. What's the action? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God. Prayer and supplication, begging, asking, with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God. So I love that. It doesn't leave us in this, just don't be anxious. Uh, just don't worry about these things. It says, here's what you do next. That's the practical pathway. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Thank you, God. If you don't know what to say thank you to God for, thank you that I'm alive to even say this to you. That's a good start. And then what's the result? Peace. So he gives us, here's what you do. Here's another, another practical step, a command. And then the result is the peace of God. Again, not the peace from the situation, but the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it gives us a result. And that's the key there. It surpasses understanding. That's something like, what are those things? And you've probably seen these people before, right? That like, why do you have peace in this situation? There's no explanation for having peace in your situation. Well, it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what God's peace is. So we have two choices. You can either... Continue to worry, or you continue to, or excuse me, or you can give that to God. So just like hopefully this morning when we're doing the prayer, you have that thing that you just gave to God. I think the enemy does want you to hold those things inside. I think the enemy does want you to not bring it to light, but God wants you to lay it at his feet and let the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever met anybody uh, like this, that has, uh, that has had that peace. I, I was thinking recently, uh, I, was, uh, I was up flying with one of my buddies. This time, I, I wasn't flying. I was, in the, I was in the back seat, but he invited me to go along. And there was a flight instructor. He's one of those, like, old, crusty guys that just, like, really knows his stuff, right? And he's, he's, he was, like, a hard-nosed, you know, you would do, or my buddy, he would do, the, like, a perfect landing, and it was just like, man, he nailed it. And the guy would be like, yeah, that, 
uh, it sucked a little bit la- less than like the last three of them. You know, you ever met somebody like that? Well, this also this guy. So we came in uh, after the flight, and uh, he was telling him, you know, like how we did, and uh, the instructor asked him, when uh, when are you going to be up for your final check rides, so, like the final test? And uh, he's like, well, I think I'll probably need about six months or so is what my, what my friend said. I'll probably, probably about six months I'll be ready. And he said, I'd really like for you to be my instructor. Uh, like, you were hard, but, like, I really liked the way you taught. And he says, uh, oh, I, I, I won't be able to do that because uh, I'll be retired by then. And so we're like, oh, like, congratulations. That's, that's, uh, that's great. You'll be retired. He's like, well, no, I'll be, like, like retired, retired. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, I'll be, like, in the grave by then. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I have, I have terminal cancer, and uh, I'm going to, I won't be here. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really, really sorry, man. Like, that's, uh, that's tough. And he said, I'm not sorry, because he said, I'm at peace. And I was like, to me, inside, like, I, I know, like, I'm a Christian. I know, we, like, yeah, we should have peace. But he, I'm like, how does this guy have peace? He knows, like, I mean, we don't know exactly when we're going to die, but this guy knows, that in, you know, in the next year, he will likely be dead, right? And he says, I have peace because I know where I'm going. And he just wants to fly and live out the rest of his days. I'm like, where do you find that peace? And then it made sense when he said, I know where I'm going. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. See, we, know, we don't know the end of our story, but we do know the end of the story, Right? It sounds like a cute little saying, but it's true, right? We, we don't know the end of where our story is, but we do know the end of the story, right? There's two things that can happen from your worries. Either one, it works out, or two, it works out. It probably doesn't sit right with everyone, right? Like, well, it may or may not work out, right? You can either be healed. Like, if, there's a, if, you're, if you're sick, you can either be healed now or you will be healed eventually, right? You follow me? Your request to God can be answered now. Again, your request with thanksgiving, your request could be answered now. That thing that you're going through could be answered now, or it could be answered with his way. Both are his way, but it could be answered his way that is different from yours, but it is a better way. So it will either work out or it will work out. What's the, what's the proof of this? Well, it's the promise of Romans 8.28, and it's the truth of Matthew 6.33. So uh, Romans 8.28, and again, I'm speaking to those who are in Christ Jesus. It's, it's a completely different story if you are not, but for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, these are the two options for you. It will work out or it will work out because Romans 8.28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for what? Good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What is that good? It's God's good, which is better than ours. This is a longer, longer text, but I want you to listen because I know we've heard it before. This is the truth of Matthew 6.33. Really try to pay attention to this because it is so, so good. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Again, here it is telling us, don't be anxious about your life. Why? What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Some of you all need to hear this. Clothing. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He's talking to me. He's talking to us. Why do we worry about these things? We do. It's promised. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. I'm going to read that again. And your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So again, these are all these things will be added. Seek first. That's also going back to rejoice in the Lord always, right? So seek him first, and all these things will be added to you because your Father knows what you need, He knows what I need. All these requests, they are, they're good to bring it to him, but ultimately he knows what we need. Can we trust God in this? So if we, I'm just, I'm, again, I'm speaking right now just to Christians. If you, if you believe in the cross, if we believe that Jesus actually died, was buried, was resurrected for our sins, if, if we look at that event, that would be the most horrific thing in history, right? That, that an innocent man died for being innocent, but God used it for good. And if we believe in that, can we trust him to get us through anything in life? That's a, that's a genuine question. If we, if we truly believe in the cross, can you trust him to get you through anything? Can we trust him to take care of our needs? We can. Let me zoom back out and not even can we trust God. Can we trust Paul when he's writing this? So, so Paul, the same guy that told us, do not be anxious about anything, rejoice in the Lord. This is the same Paul. Uh, and I, wa- I want us to kind of think about this. So this is coming from 2 Corinthians uh, 11. And imagine that you're, uh, that, that you're here with Paul today and you went up to him, or maybe it's a guy that you don't know. You go up to him and you say, hey man, what's, uh, what's your story? Like, uh, are you good? Uh, is there anything we can pray about? Imagine if Paul uh, said this to you. He said, I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, often near death. Well, man, this is uh, more than I, I bargained for. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Man, I was, just, I was asking you about your week. How, how, okay. Once I was stoned. There it is. Once I was stoned. That's a different stone. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, danger in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers, in toil, hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger, in thirst, without food, in the cold, and the exposure, and apart from all these other things, there is a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. 
all right, man, so, you, so you're good? Like, <laughs> so you're, all right, it sounds like it was a good week, right? No, so this is, this is the Paul that tells us, don't be anxious. This is the Paul that he's been through all of these things. But also notice, he said, there's daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So even Paul writing this had anxiety. So that should be comforting, right? It's okay to have these things. It's okay to have these anxieties, these fears. But what did Paul tell us to do? Preach it to yourself. Rejoice in the Lord always. And the peace that passes, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Because I would ask him that. I'd be like, what's your secret, man? That's what he would point us back to. Pray. Ask. Trust. It reminds me of a hymn. I've promised multiple people that I will not sing this, even though some have asked me to sing it, but I will not. Who here knows what a friend we have in Jesus? It's a good one. But I want you to listen to these words. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs we bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. This is, this is the part I want us to really focus on. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what, what peace that we give away, because we, and what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So as I close today, I want to ask us this. I want to ask you, for those things that we went through at the very beginning, uh, have you prayed about it? Not just what we did this morning, have you prayed about it? Have you actually prayed about it? And I, wanna, I, I didn't know if I was going to do I, I want to do this where, as we close today, um, if there was one of those things, I think that, I mean, we are a family where there's a lot of familiar faces here, right? Like we see each other week after week. We're here for each other. Uh, when, I, when we close today, I want us to pray those things. And those, if there was anything on your heart today that, uh, that you want to just give up to God, if you feel comfortable, uh, I'm going to give us some time just to bring those out so that others can be praying through it. And then if you have thanksgiving to God, I want us to give thanksgiving. It could be one word, one sentence. I'm going to give us a little bit of time to do it today. What's that thing that you just need to give to him? I'm going to give us a chance to respond uh, right now. So if there's any of those things, I'll leave some time, and then I'll close us in prayer, and we'll move into communion. Don't leave today without bringing that to God. Let's pray with me. If you feel comfortable, what is that thing that you need freedom from today? If you feel comfortable, to shout it out.
Does anybody have anything they need prayer over today? Both parents struggling with COVID, and I'm 300 miles away. God, we rejoice in you that they are alive today, Lord. Be with them. Give them peace. God, be with that friend today as she's dying, Lord. Only you know her days. Give her your peace today, Lord. God, save her if she's not saved today. Be with her right now. What else? God, we pray for my brother's mother's health, Lord. We know that you will either heal or you will heal. God, if she is not saved, save her, Lord. Give her your peace. God, for me, I I give you my anxieties. You know my heart. Even as I prepare a sermon on peace, you know the anxieties I felt this week and just that hypocritical um, feelings of anxiety. Yeah, I'm going up here to preach. God, I lay that at your feet. Thank you for who you are. God, there's a lot of things that were unsaid today that you know our hearts. You know what we need, whether we say it or not. You know us and you love us, and we are thankful for who you are. We are thankful for that peace that surpasses all understanding, God. Thank you that you give us peace. Thank you that ultimately you have given us peace with yourself through your Son, Jesus Christ. What a gift. Thank you, God. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here tonight or today. Would you give them your peace? Would you show them your love? Would you show them through your son that they are forgiven, that they are loved, and that they can have that peace today and for eternity? Thank you for your word this morning. Pray all this in your son's name. Amen.